people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Jonathan Pierce. I'm Zach McCoy. And we are your Oscar Grouches. Welcome back to the Oscars podcast show where we discuss Oscar winners throughout history, try to determine when the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong, and what film are we watching this week's week? We are revisiting a lovely film that we covered on Best Picture. They think he's a playboy, but he's just the key holder until Shirley MacLaine sets things topsy-turvy in The Apartment. This is everybody's first time seeing The Apartment. Ha ha ha. Ha uh, ha no. Uh, no. No. Because we all watched it for the best picture. Exactly. I had just uh, a quick throwaway. I had seen this a few more times before. Uh, I watched it the first time when I was in college. Yes, I'd seen it before also. And we covered it May 26, 2021. Nice. That's some time ago now. Yeah. All right. Uh, but before anything else, we have some housekeeping to take care of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One Jamatham pierced. Yeah, that's me. Was not on last week's episode. So we got to get his thoughts on a couple of things. Number one, his thoughts on the movie. Yeah. Pillow talk, pillow talk. I can't remember how the song goes now. <laughs> <laughs> um, my thoughts on pillow talk. Um, holy fuck, could that movie not get made today? <laughs> like, there, for a movie during the Hayes Code, where how the fuck, like, they just talked about sex the entire movie without actually saying sex. Mm. Like, yeah. the entire fucking movie. Like, that was just what they were. That was. It. No, that was what the movie was about is has this guy who has all the sex try to knock up the lady who has none of the sex and not knock up but you know have the sex with the lady right. who never has the sex um but yeah uh man that movie had some problems in a uh um in a modern lens mm. uh that being said it was still a funny movie i had a good time if i wasn't like cringing during the 85 percent of it but um that and just hearing jonathan yell that a lot just i always feel it it's weird it's just my name is not one that's used in movies often and i kind of prefer that <laughs> at, least, at least the full thing yeah well you know this i i love it when uh well i don't love it when you miss an episode because that's always sad but i love oh, it yeah. when you come back and you kind of reaffirm things that we talked about and, during the episode because it Kind of, and, and, and that's what I told Paul. Repeating each other and stuff, because I, I was like, I really, I, I might actually listen to this episode that uh, we have for Phil talk because yeah. I, I, I have a feeling some good conversations came out of this one. Uh, I think it was a very good episode, and I, yeah. I wish you were there to join us because I, I feel like it could have been even better. Right. Yeah. But yeah. sadly, yeah. that's just was not in the cards. I was still working when you guys were recording and mm. I pretty much did not stop until about three in the morning. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. I hope you do listen to it. You can, we touched on, you know, and Paul very nicely, very, uh, what's the word? professionally, very succinctly. He articulates points very well about how you can look at this movie and it can be two things. What did you say? You said it can be problematic and it can be, Funny yeah, they, you, yeah, you can you can hold two truths. A movie yeah. can be can be good and influential, and then have moments that aren't kosher. It it it, it can happen, 
Yeah. Uh, and as long as you're able to look at those things and say, these things are bad. Yeah. And these things are, this movie is good in spite of those things. Because sometimes we have, sometimes we, we don't excuse them, but we have to accept that the times were different and things were done differently. And, and well, and go on, you, you can even look at it in a, you know, how much progression have we had since then? I mean, you know, we're looking at well over 50 years and I mean, I don't, you don't see too many basically rape cave jokes like this guy had like, yeah. But yeah. yeah. And, and it, and it sucks. It sucks to be entertained by something that has moments like that. And, you know, and, and it's not like probably any of us are, are clean from that in our lifetime either. Like, I can go back and watch some of the movies I used to watch as a teenager and as a man in his twenties and go, man, I really thought this was the funniest thing in the world. I really thought this was the smartest thing in the world. And I watch it now and I'm like, uh, garden state. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Thank you. (laughs) I don't know why I decided to take a pot (laughs) shot at garden state. (laughs) But yeah, uh, I mean, as, as a whole, yeah, I I enjoyed the movie. But yeah, it, after a certain point, you're just you kind of have to stop looking at all the problems and go, all right, let's just <laughs> let's just like we know what this is, we know what this movie is doing, so let's just move on and mm-hmm. see if we can be entertained by it. And it was that; it was entertaining and funny, and a rom com you will never see like that one again. No, but uh, when when you listen to the episodes, you'll you'll hear more about why uh, I think that film is important. Fair enough. All cool. right. Did you uh, did you have a ranking for the film? Like I did. Well, uh, we're going to ask. Oh, I was going to ask him the questions. Oh, first. oh right. Yeah. Oh, of course, Sorry. of course. Question. Do you think this deserved to pillow talk? Do you think pillow talk deserved to win? That's uh, what, screenplay. What was it up against? Uh, give me a moment, and I will give you that information. I know three of them. <laughs> well, I have probably not seen any of them. You may have seen <laughs> one. Okay, so the uh, uh, the category is the Four Hundred Blows, the Francois Truffaut film, uh, Alfred Hitchcock's North by Northwest, Operation Petticoat, which uh, uh, Stanley Shapiro and Maurice Richelin, who wrote. Pillow Talk also wrote, and uh, Ingmar Bergman's Wild Strawberries. Okay. So, as the filthy casual that I am, no, I have not seen North by Northwest. I only know of that one part in the movie. So Because, <laughs> because of Follow That Bird. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that being said, uh, yeah, you know what? I th- This was, especially the dialogue in this film, I thought was really well done. I I thought this was a really well written movie. I absolutely do think it deserves best uh, original screenplay. Excellent, cool. And is this the worst best original screenplay? It is not. I struggled. (laughs) I'm getting this one. Uh, And again, I went with my. Would I watch it again? Was I entertained? And yeah, I was. Uh, I put it at my number nine. Nice. Above okay. uh, Designing Women and Underneath an American in Paris. Okay. Very nice. nice. I think Paul and I both had it at number 12, so okay. pretty close. Yes, but I had already, I, I forgot I had already added the apartment to the list last week. Ah. 
I think on the episode, I, I did a Babe Ruth and I called my shot. <laughs> nice. Well, well, you, uh, you didn't say, you said you were interested to see if it'll stay, but you didn't give the number. On oh, the I air. meant to give you the number. Yeah, you gave I didn't, me, yeah. but not on the air. Do, yeah. do you remember the number I gave you? Uh, uh, yes. That's, that's correct. <laughs> uh, for, for people listening at home, show the number to the screen. You're not going to know what it is. <laughs> yeah. Until the end of the episode. Until the end. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, now, we have the question. Hey, this was, that was the last film in the decade. It was. Uh, do, do you want to run down on what the decade was? Uh, I got a pretty good... Uh, uh, walked through it a little bit, so I feel pretty confident in... Uh... Okay, well then, the question is, was the 1950s the worst decade for Best Original Screenplay? Mm. Yes. Ooh. Okay. I feel... Because we're two decades at this point, I think. Yes. So yep, the I... 40s and the 50s. Yep. Um, One thing that the 50s lacked was a Citizen Kane. Or a Citizen Kane caliber film. Uh, uh, I I disagree, but I appreciate that. Sure. Uh, I mean, you could you could with Sunset Boulevard. Would that be a fifties or? Yeah, it was nineteen fifty. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you you can make a make a point for Sunset Boulevard being uh, the Citizen Kane caliber film of the fifties, but I or on the waterfront, I guess that as well. Uh, that being said, I, I've, if you look at my rankings, the 50s are definitely in there more than the 40s in my top 10. But I feel like I just enjoyed the films of the 40s more. I don't know. It's it's give me give, give me something that's more than just two, and I and I'll probably not want to flip flop it as much. But I don't know. I just feel like the 50s were not that's as fair. good. You're still missing okay. a, a one of the '40s movies, I, right? I am. Yes. In fact, one or two. I'm gonna have to double check because I think I have 18 films, and I think we're at 20 after today. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. Okay. Any, anything you would like to add to any of this? Uh, I'm ready for the '60s. Uh, yeah. Bring on the '60s! Let's kick into gear with an Oscar breakdown. Break it down. Hey, welcome to the 33rd Academy Awards. Yeah, where the apartment wins best story and screenplay written directly for the screen, giving Billy Wilder and IAL Diamond Academy Awards. Now, uh, this I wanted to go make sure I got this correct uh, is Billy Wilder's fourth Academy Award, it's third for writing. Uh, his other Academy Awards were Best Screenplay and Director for The Lost Weekend, a film we covered in our Best Picture category, uh, Sunset Boulevard for Best Original Screenplay, and Now the Apartment for Best Original Screenplay. Mm-hmm. So Billy Wilder, on a roll. Had a, had a strong decade and a half here. Sure did. Uh, now, as far as his nominations go... That's a longer list, and we, we can get into that another time. Uh, I.L. Diamond had only been nominated for writing Some Like It Hot, uh-huh. but did not win. Uh, and so I just wanted to bring that up because we're going to go up to the Best Motion Picture category. 
where, of course, the apartment won, giving Billy Wilder his fifth Academy Award. Uh, and then we're going to go over to the Best Director category, where Billy Wilder won, giving Billy Wilder his sixth Academy Award. Yes, sir. Billy Wilder, you madman. <laughs> uh, he beats out Alfred Hitchcock for Psycho. So just, just know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Lemmon is nominated for Best Actor for The Apartment, losing to Burt Lancaster for Elmer Gantry, one of the great screen performances. Absolutely. Uh, Shirley MacLaine is nominated for Best Actress, losing to Elizabeth Taylor in Butterfield 8. I'm really into this picture that they have for Elizabeth Taylor on the 33rd Academy Awards page. Mm. Mm. (laughs) I have to look at that. Yeah, go look at this. Jack Crucian as Dr. Dreyfus is nominated for Best Supporting Actor, and he loses to Peter Ustinov for Spartacus. Now, is this on the Wikipedia page? Yes, the Wikipedia page. And you scroll down into the categories, and they have some some pictures of some of the winners. Oh my! You know, I you know see a bit of your uh, your wife there, kind of you know, in a way. Her hair was I, little... I, I could see that. If her hair was a little curlier, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, uh, Elizabeth Taylor and I share a birthday. Nice. Uh, okay. Dear Lord. <laughs> that right. scared the shit out of me. I'm sorry. I am now I, shitless. I could smell it from here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the apartment wins best art direction, black and white, giving Alexandre Trauner art direction and Edward G. Boyle set direction Academy Awards. Uh, it is nominated for black and white for cinematography, giving Joseph Lachelle a nomination, but he loses to Freddie Francis for Sons and Lovers. Uh, It is not nominated for costume design, but it does win Best Film Editing, giving Daniel Mandel an Academy Award. Ah, Howie's grandfather. Just Yeah. I don't know if that's true. (laughs) Probably not. Now I'm curious. <laughs> Doesn't look like it. No. What if, though? What if? You know, having watched Howie Mandel's uh, stand-up from the 80s, it would explain more if he was a pedo baby. <laughs> pedo baby. That's not <laughs> what I meant to say. <laughs> I was like, wait yeah, I'm like, this a layered what? joke here. It's <laughs> a Nepo baby. <laughs> Nepo baby. What the <laughs> fuck is wrong with me (laughs) guys i'm leaving (laughs) i can't be i can't be seen in public anymore like what did howie mandel do did i miss something (laughs) well i mean have you seen little monsters (laughs) yeah i'm not saying that it is but not saying you're just I'm not saying, saying it's not. Uh, hey, that's that's our Oscar breakdown. All right. Well, let's talk about this movie. Let's talk about this movie. So I remember Jonathan not loving it before. He's just like, it's okay. It's gross. It's gross. <laughs> it's supposed to be gross. <laughs> I understand. It's just, oh, it's. Ah, uh, that I'm reminded of the. 
the, the racket fucking spaghetti. And oh, the, that's yeah. the, my favorite part of this movie. Yeah, but and those meatballs didn't look appetizing at all. <laughs> and it's just because I think any food cooked in that apartment is disgusting. Probably. Like anything that touches anything in that whole apartment is disgusting. There are things I appreciated more about you know, on a second watch. The uh the doctor neighbor. I love him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. But it just it, the tone of this film just fucking roller coasters so hard. And and it just I, I feel like it struggles to know what kind of film it is. Mm. In the sense of like, I mean, you can be a little heavy handed in a comedy, but it just it, it goes fucking dark and stays there for a while and then kind of never bounces back from it. And it feel like it tries to, it just doesn't. So it, yeah, and it just, it's gross. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it is gross. Yeah. Zach, what about your, your second watch? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, uh, for the audience, he put second in quotes for the episode, for, you know, for the series, for the podcast. But, uh, this movie, uh, I'm not gonna pull any punches. Uh, I love it every more, every time I watch it. I love it more every time I watch it. Um, I think Billy Wilder is a master and he's regarded as such for a reason. He's such a good director and his films for me just feel a step above so many others um i don't know there's just something effortless about the movie for me just the way it flows the way the characters interact and i know you know you don't love the switch and tone but i i feel like it, it always it holds the balance of <clears throat> just like i i mentioned in the chat and i mentioned the other time one of my favorite parts of the movie is when she's just taking the sleeping pills and he finds her and he's got the other woman in there and she's, you know, being silly. She's in the kitchen smacking around. She's like, need to get a new refrigerator. And, um, he runs out the door cause he's looking for a doctor and she's like, I didn't mean right now, but like, it's such a funny part to me. It sticks with me. It's not like hilarious rolling on the ground laughing, but for that to come at such a serious part of the movie, I think it, it does it so well. Um, and I think that that's kind of the catalyst moment where it's like, okay, this thing's going to be both at the same time. Um, and I just, I love Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine together. Uh, yeah, I think it's well written, well acted and I dig it. All right. You think Paul? uh, Paul? Yeah. I, I don't have any bad things to say about this movie. It's so (laughs) beautiful like you know uh i can't remember what i said on the last episode and i'm i'm kind of glad i can't because this that's the beauty of art is that art shifts and and as you as a person grow and change art can mean different things to you Mm. and i just think this is one of the sweetest most beautiful most romantic films i've ever seen and i don't know uh like you said Lemon and McLean's chemistry is undeniable. They're so good. They look so perfect for each other on screen. Mm. I 
I'm a big proponent of seeing people on screen who are like equally as attractive as each other. Like if, if you are sort of attractive level, then the person that is next to you needs to match that. <laughs> like, you know, and these are two just adorable people. They're very attractive. And the two of them on screen, they just look right. Yeah. And don't question it for a second. Right. And, and it just so happens that they just play off of each other so well. Mm hmm. And, and yeah, it gets a little dark near the end, but it should. It like everything that comes before that darkness is still dark. Like, I, I just don't see the darkness before that. I just see the grossness. It's, it's the, the grossness is the darkness. Like, uh, the whole, this whole, the, the entire goings on of this film is, is just kind of gross and weird. And that's so much to its benefit. Right. And so <clears throat> when it goes into that dark territory, it, it earns it. It gradually gets there. And then once it's there, it's like, oh, yeah. Wow. We, we've been laughing at a lot of things up to this point. And now I kind of feel bad about laughing at some of those things. <laughs> yeah. So if we look at the film as kind of a it's kind of meant to shock the audience in a way i think you know because we're coming out of the 50s and this kind of you know if you watch madman or something <laughs> um and you just look at how men behaved in in the corporate um world and this movie's like Oh, screwball, haha, ha, all these men doing this stuff. And then it's like, you have this moment of realization. It's like, wait a minute, this is fucked up. Why are we laughing at this? Why are we allowing this kind of shit to happen? Look what it actually does to people. And so, yeah, I mean, it's heavy, but I think it's, it has to be to, to really drive the point of, yes, this is gross. Yes, this needs to stop. Uh, we can't use and abuse women like this and we need to do better and uh and buddy boy is cc baxter is the catalyst of realization yeah i mean you know you have you have his very jewish doctor neighbor telling him to be a mensch and he's just watching these disgusting men treat women like objects and it, it kind of goes back to the, the, the only way the, the best way for evil to prevail is for good men to do nothing. And he's a good man. And he's just letting like, not only is he watching it happen, he's actively like collaborating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm using these very strong these very strong terms because you know billy wilder jewish man uh i'm not saying that there's nazi underpinnings here but it's it is kind of pointed that the neighbor is jewish right yeah um yeah uh yeah the, it's it's supposed to be disgusting and you know and See, after, go on the thing is i feel like i'm trying to word this correctly the disgusting nature of everything 
on his not only it's not a good man doing nothing, but it's a good man enabling. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's yeah, collaborating. That's not the disgusting part for me. It's literally the actual gross dudes having sex with random women in your own house. That's disgusting. Yeah. It's fucking yeah. disgusting. It's 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 not the fact these could be. You know what? Hey some guy just doesn't have his own place and he's bringing his lady by, it would still be disgusting to me. Yeah. Like it, it, it's yeah. fucking gross. And, <laughs> right. And then you, yeah. And then you think about how Poland was just like, Hey, Nazis come on in here. Yeah. No, fair enough. I mean, <laughs> why are you going to, why are you going to let disgusting people defile your home? <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Also I had to look, but that the, the, the woman that played the girl who supposedly looks like Marilyn Monroe Swear to God, that was Jennifer Coolidge. Make you want a hot dog real bad. Just so sweet. <laughs> yeah, I I hear what you're saying, Jonathan, and I think it, that's all true. And if it, it, it skeeves you out as a viewer, that's that's yeah. you know that's where you sit with it. But I think that's how it's supposed to be, and the movie never shies away from saying it's dirty and you know. Yeah. No, it's just I mean, there is not a a object or furniture in that house, knowing what has gone on there that I would sit on or touch. <laughs> That's it, fair. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, oh. But I mean, I, and and it just shows you how much CC like, doesn't respect himself. Yeah, right, exactly. Right. That, like, yeah. That, uh, that he's rolling over for these men and mm-hmm. then sitting in their filth. Yeah, it's, that's that's the part that gets me. Like, dude, you are eating there, and you have like you know what is happening, and you are just okay with it. And let's go back there and turn on the black light and see what happens. I know, and and I know that this is this is still like kind of pushing the haze code because yeah. we we still got a few more years of this, but like I know they're not going to openly say it, but you're straining the 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 spaghetti with the tennis racket. You don't know what's where that's been. <laughs> yeah, in her ass. If we're lucky. Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was reading here. Um, you know, Fred McMurray. I'm just had, that's the best case scenario. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he said, Related after the film was released, he was accosted by women in the street who berated him for making a dirty, filthy movie, and one of them hit him with their purse. <laughs> and he is. <laughs> So wonderful in this film. He's disgusting. He's a horrible human being in this movie. Perfect scumball. Yes, one hundred percent. Ugh. All right. I like. I I just and Paul, of course, has got here. He had to like. It was a movie I was already like not okay with, and then he had to Nazi it up, (laughs) as Paul will do. Hey, (laughs) except except the difference between this and Emil Zola is. We're not pandering to the Nazis. We're basically saying, you know, you got to stand up to that shit. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's a, a real read on this film. I just, I don't know. If you so, want to dig deep. Yeah. It, it, it's not that much of a stretch now that you say it, though. Like, that's the thing. Yeah, like, it, it really is. Like, it is a short walk in 1860 to be like, hey, everything's about standing up to Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> and Jewish creators are behind Yes. Yep. All right, gents. Well, any more uh, notes on uh, the apartment? Yeah, I did. I did listen to some of the episodes, so I'm trying not to repeat stuff. I'll just say go back and listen to our episode. 
because uh, there's a lot of good discussion there. Um, I definitely didn't bring up Nazis on that episode. I know. Yeah, that. I, I don't think you did. But episode 34 <laughs> is called Sour Grapes and Sweet Lemon. That's a good title. Um, yeah. The one thing I will repeat that Paul said about that, that he really liked, that I think was an excellent point and pulled it together, is in the ending when um, uh, Shirley MacLaine's character, uh, Kublik, comes back to him rather than uh, him pursuing her. Mm-hmm. is a, a good sweet ending and and lowers the creep value because you know he has moments like when he said i looked up your address and i know where you're all about you and he's like okay a little weird dude but i mean but also <laughs> they work like, together what, it's like just yeah and yeah the, yeah 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 but yeah i i i love the ending I do too. Dude, shut yeah, up, it was a, shut up and deal is such a good line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's gorgeous. Uh, you know Always. what? Uh, real, real yeah. quick, let's uh, let's talk about just one thing. Uh, okay, especially in comedy films, is I enjoy a good running gag. Um, and the the gin thing, not exactly a, a a gag per se, but I enjoy that it's a running kind of theme that comes in. Uh, the one that bugs me though, that was a running gag. I'm thinking of pillow talk. Oh yeah, at the obstetric. Do- the obst- I hate that word. <laughs> obstetric doctor. Yeah, that shit <laughs> came in way too late to be a running gag. I feel like that could have kept going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and, and for for how flawed it was, I love that it's the last button of the movie too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Paul. Yeah. Let's talk some film registry. Yes, is the apartment. In the National Film Registry, and what year did it get in? If you think it got in, I want to say yes, okay. ninety-five. Okay. Hmm. Howlin' Wolf over there. Woo! Yeah. Okay. So I avoided looking at the year because I already know that yes, it is in. I'm sorry to spoil that. I'm a jerk. Uh. But I can't remember the year. I'm going to say 96. I mean, it's only so much of a spoiler because we've done an episode. Yes. The answer was already yes. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Both of you lose the prices right. Shit. Jonathan, just by a year. Fuck. (laughs) 1994. And this class uh, includes the. Uh, Roger Corman, Vincent Price starring House of Usher. Nice. Clash. I said class this year, the 1960. These aren't all in the same class. House of Usher doesn't get until 2005. Uh, Magnificent Seven, one of the best remakes ever. Mm-hmm. Psycho, of course. Uh, and uh, we'll say Spartacus. 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 So, what's that thing you do the other day? Yes. <laughs> I just, I love that film so much. It's so good. It's yeah. just so good. And your bass player's at Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump into our worsty judgments. And Zach. Hello there. Does this movie deserve best original screenplay? Uh, <clears throat> pull no punches. I'll say yes, absolutely. I believe it does. 
Um, I watched a good part of Never on Sunday, uh, which I was enjoying pretty good. I like it, like it, uh, but not on the level of this. And Paul, lovely as he is, has got me another film that I'm going to watch. I haven't uh, seen Hiroshima Mon Amor yet. So I hear that's excellent, but I still don't think it'll reach the apartment for me. So I'm going to say, yes, I think it deserves. All right. I have not seen the rest of them. I feel like I might have seen the facts of life at some point in my life. Maybe. But uh, that said, yeah, I mean, it is it is it really is a well written film that cannot be denied. It just ski factor aside <laughs> so yes i think it definitely deserves it paul oh yeah oh yeah this oh yeah fucking movie i you know I, i've been watching this movie for on and off 20 years just every now and then i'll just get the inkling to watch it and then i do i want to do i'm like this was a great decision <laughs> and i'm glad we've now watched it twice for this podcast because it's always a good decision. It's, it's so well written. It's so crisp. It's so beautiful. It's it's uplifting when you get to where it goes. Like watching this man decide that he has more respect for himself, and uh, in turn, teaching—not teaching, but like inspiring this woman to have more respect for herself. It, it's beautiful. It's it's a mm -hmm. beautiful romance. And you know it. I I hope it lasts. All right. Well, Zach, yes, is sir. this the worst best original screenplay? Not at all. Uh, I was looking at <clears throat> my best picture rankings, and it's interesting when we're doing these lists. Specifically, I am ranking the screenplay, like. A movie, I may like a whole movie a little bit more, but it'd be ranked lower because I'm ranking the screenplay. So on my best picture ranking, I have the apartment over on the waterfront. And I, I love the screenplay, I do. But I think everything about the movie altogether makes me love it. Um, so I've got it. I gave it five stars because it's a you know, perfect movie. And I've got it at my number four. So it's behind... On the waterfront, Citizen Kane and Sunset Boulevard, but not by much. All right. How about um, uh, you, Mr. Pierce? Huh? You just had me want to look up where I put this movie on my best original. And, and I got it like definitely on my bottom half. Mm. Like 58 is where I put it. Yeah. But uh, on this one, like you said, I mean, basing this on the screenplay, I. And again, with my you know personal, would I watch it again? Didn't want to, <laughs> but it, it 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 you can't deny certain things about this film, and this the the screenplay is definitely one of them you can't deny. I I personally put it at my number eleven, okay, um, yeah. just under designing women. I feel like I'm doing it a disservice, though. I really do, but yeah. that's where I put it. Paul, is this yes. the worst, best original screenplay? Zach, top of the episode. What mm -hmm. number did I say? Four. 
four. I put it at the end of the episode last week. I put it at my number four and said, let's see if it stays there. And I'm sad to say it did not stay at my number four. Oh. Yeah, it moved up to my number three. Nice. Oh. Nice. Uh, this uh, went over on the waterfront. I love it. Uh, yeah. I think this film's amazing. And uh, Jonathan had me curious where I had ranked it. I had ranked it at my number 24. I, after this watch, like I think I'm going to move that up. Because on the waterfront is at my number 15 there. Mm-hmm. And I don't think as a full picture i'm putting this over on the waterfront but as a screenplay i definitely am i think this is a crisper uh like on the waterfront has that nice gritty reality the apartment has uh like a a rhythm to it billy wilder just knew like i think there was something about him writing it and directing it that gave it like a a a pop Mm -hmm. that that just as as Jonathan said, is undeniable. You cannot deny this script. It is incredible. It is so perfectly constructed. And yeah, I I think it's a screenplay is definitely going my number three. Excellent. Nice. Yeah. I've got, uh, yeah, the apartment I had all the way up at number seven and on the waterfront were number nine. So they're both in my top 10 in the best pictures. Nice. Uh, Good stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that is where we are going to call it here. My name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me on the Twitter, Twitch, TikToks, and on the letterbox at Altern underscore Occam. Uh, since last I was on the podcast, I caught up on some 2023 films. Uh, just as a rapid fire, I basically went and picked up like, all right, what are all the popcorn ones I want to watch? So real quick, watch Blue Beetle. Loved it. Oh, Loved it. Nice. Uh I watched Transformers. Uh, I had not seen Bumblebee before, so I actually watched Bumblebee and then Rise of the Beasts. Ooh. It's, it's, it's amazing what can happen when you can actually see what the Transformers are doing. <laughs> right? Yeah. That mo- when, they were both, like, Bumblebee was definitely a better film. I, uh, I feel I like it was a lot more heart, but... I love E.T., but Alien Car. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but Rise of the Beast was a heart, just straight-up Transformers movie. Yeah, it's so, it's I, fine. It's a yeah. good it's a good time. Yeah. Like <clears throat> it does what it says on the box. Those beasts exactly they rise. They rise. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um watch the flash. Meh. Yeah, I like it, but uh just, if Michael Keaton wasn't on the screen, I didn't care. Shockingly. Pretty much that 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 should have been the movie title. Should have been Watch Me While Michael Keaton is here. <laughs> well Michael Keaton's on screen. Everybody needs to be saying, where's Michael Keaton? Yep. <laughs> uh, caught up on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. The uh, weakest of the three, but still fine. Yeah, still fine. I mostly blame that Radiohead song. <laughs> um, and uh, Ant-Man and the... what? Why are we even bothering? <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't gone back and watched the first hour of that movie. Uh, I, seriously, why are we bothering? I, it, it was depressing. Yeah. Um, we'll say, like, is it, out of all of those, Blue Beetle was up on top because basically it's, hey, what if you did Shazam and allowed uh, basically Latino people to have some sort of representation? 
Yeah, an agency. Yeah. And <laughs> and the fact that George Lopez was fucking hilarious and that he surprised was. the shit out of me. <laughs> so I, I haven't loved <laughs> I haven't loved George Lopez in a movie since Shark Boy and Lava Girl. So it's been almost twenty years. Yep. <laughs> So I have 14 films of 2023. This is my uh, top year so far. And I have a whole list of a whole lot more to watch. So a lot lot of them are going to be a lot less uh, popcorn-y films. So that's that's me. Zach, where can we find you? Find me at Critiker. Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, TikTok House Havoc, Letterboxd by searching my name. I, uh, I watched a 2023 film that, you know, I went in with low expectations, and it's not great, but I had some fun with it, and I liked the direction it went. Uh, I watched No Hard Feelings. Um, I thought it was fine, but I'm a big, I'm a fan of Jennifer Lawrence and Jennifer and, Lawrence's boobs. Uh, yeah, you know, but the, the scene, you know, her on the beach is is ridiculous, but it's it's like not sexual in a way you know it's it's yeah she just comes out of the water naked starts suplexing the shit out of people (laughs) like literally suplexing people all right so i gotta add a movie to my list real quick (laughs) but it's i like the way they did it it could have gone you know if it were in the 80s or late 70s it could have gone a different way but yeah i like what they did uh and Watch most of the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. Uh, just you know, my boys were watching it, and it, I'm sure Paul have a couple comments, but you okay. know, there's a lot of trash that we watched as kids, um, and this has like better production values than a lot of that trash, but still kind of trash. Uh, but you know. I, for kids who are like eight and eleven years old, it's a uh, scary enough and what they were looking for, I guess. But you know. I, uh, I I saw a TikTok the other day that was just like, I can't wait to see the Karen reviews on this one for the parents <laughs> who have not paid attention to what Five Nights at Freddy's is and that their kids are all obsessed about, and then they take yeah. them to go see this movie. A human being gets bit in half. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll get to my thoughts in a minute. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> a human being gets bit in half. <laughs> yep. But that's not the scariest part of the movie. <laughs> well, I'm done. So now, uh, Mr. Workman. Uh, all right. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll push it. Then I'm going to give a little note. Uh, you can follow me at Shark Dressman on TikTok, where Joseph Tappy and I are probably no longer doing shark stuff. We're going to, uh, I, I don't think hang up the shark suits forever, but we're putting them away for a bit and folk, and we're going to refocus on something else. So you can follow us there. You can give us some watches. Maybe, maybe we'll come back and do some stuff, but we're on, we're officially on a hiatus. Mm. Uh, and, we're most likely going to move in a new direction. Yeah. So it was fun. It was a good time. Right. I, I, I don't want to say it's always had a shelf life, but <laughs> the momentum was kind of dying 
for a while and we kind of slowed down on posting and yeah you know, we we both got different jobs we both got different lives and mm-hmm. the the time for it just kind of passed well like i said privately i i look forward to whatever the next project is out of your mind uh but you can always follow me at father of the fear on instagram if if you want i don't really do anything there either and on uh, Letterboxd, where I keep a running tally of all the films I watched, the only new film I watched this week was the Five Nights at Freddy's film. Uh, I, I am paid attention to what this was and was prepared for it to be. It was PG-13, so it wasn't going to be bloody. Uh, and it, you know, had the potential for violence. And it, and it does. It has some violence in it. But most I hear somebody gets bit in half. It's in shadow, though. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, that's not even the scariest part of this movie. The scariest part of this movie was the cameo from Matt Pat from Film Theory. Oh. <laughs> I fucking hate that guy. <laughs> I wish I was bigger on the internet. If I could start a real internet beat with him, because fuck that guy. His his <laughs> film theory videos are bullshit. I hate them. They're as mm-hmm. bad as cinema sins, and he deserves to feel bad about it. <laughs> In fact, uh, that he got put into a mainstream Hollywood film for making stupid videos about video games is the worst. How many times? Okay. I was going to say, I need to review some of his content. I've watched a a little bit of him because Harrison watches some of his stuff. So I need to nip that in the bud. If he's got some bad stuff for his brain. (laughs) No, it's just, he's annoying. I can't stand his voice. There's something about his voice, you know, and Joe said the same thing to me. He he does have an annoying voice, but the thing that annoys me the most about him is that he just he crafts these theories that are dumb. They're mm. just dumb. They're bad theories, and like I I don't know how many of my videos my kids have watched of him, but like they'll come up to me with theories. But hey, did you know that Mario's actually the bad guy and that that Bowser's not the bad guy? No, Bowser's <laughs> the bad guy. He's kidnapping women. <laughs> <laughs> that's bad. Bowser sucks, especially when he's played by ba- Jack Black. And then, and then they'll be like, "Hey, did you know that uh, that that Nemo is just a figment of Marlin's imagination?" Nothing in the film, in the visual language of the film, backs any of that up. Please stop saying these things to me. <laughs> stop. I, I do not like the watching Matt Pat because it infuriates me. Fair enough. He's bad. He's terrible, and I don't like him. Um, but the movie... Okay, so the movie is a really good baby's first horror film. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't say baby. Like, it, <laughs> yeah. it, is a, it is a good introduction to horror movies. In so far that it it is atmospheric. It is kind of creepy. It is well shot. Uh, it is well lit. The cinematography on it is beautiful, actually. Mm. Uh, it it introduces uh, some some odd concepts, but they were ones that I was able to kind of go with for most of the movie. The thing that betrays the movie is the ending. The ending is trite and terrible, and most of the story threads that are set up don't pay off. Mm. I find that frustrating. And okay. the the big reveal, like I, I don't feel like. It's it's not a twist. It really isn't. Like it's one of those things where there are two well-known actors in this movie. Mm-hmm. 
one of them's the good guy. Guess who the other one is? <laughs> it really is that simple. Sure. Like that that actor shows up at the beginning of the movie and you don't see him for a long time. And mm. then suddenly there's this I don't know. I, I really have a hard time calling it a twist. It's a reveal. Suddenly the yeah. reveal happens at the end of the movie. You're like, oh yeah, obviously. <laughs> sure. Gotcha. Like uh when the reveal happened, I turned over to Leanne who wasn't there for most of the movie. She she didn't watch about an hour and 20 minutes of this movie or so. Mm-hmm. And the setup for the reveal happens and I turn to Leanne and I go, it's this. <laughs> and it was that. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fine. It's a fine movie. If it weren't for like the last 20, minutes of the movie yeah i think it would have been a really good movie if if they could have with the concepts that they introduced and the things that happen in the movie if if all of them would have reached an interesting conclusion that wasn't just oh well we got to have this character in the movie because he's in the video games right it, i i think it could have been a good time it's not as cynical as the mario brothers movie the worst film of the year and it's not as dull as and uninspired as the Sonic films. So I think this is a much better video game movie. Fair enough. There you go. I, I do enjoy the the difference between the like the obvious difference between the critic score and the user score on Metacritic. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like Critic score of 33 and 8.1, which I don't understand why they do the 10 point score for user. Yeah. The 100 points for. Yeah. Just, just do, do the same thing for both. Honestly, like I would maybe, maybe be in the 8.1, mostly because I think I give this fresh by that much. <laughs> like it crosses the line because. Again, I, I was trying to meet this film on its level, and I think its level is good. It's just it the conclusion narratively is very dissatisfying. Mm-hmm. And uh of, of course it sets up a sequel. Mm. So it's Oh, they're gonna milk this thing. Oh yeah. And and as much money as it made, it's getting one. Yeah. It is absolutely getting a sequel, no doubt in my mind. Mm. But like it effectively creeped my kids out. They were like, I don't know if I want to watch that again. It's like, good. <laughs> like it 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 creeped them out. Like I was like, good. A horror movie should creep you out. That's that's a good feeling to have. <laughs> like there there are horror films that I like. I'm like, man, I really love the descent. I don't know if I ever want to watch that movie again. It creeps me out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That might be Nightcrawler for me. <laughs> oh, Nightcrawler's so good. It is so fucking grimy. <laughs> yeah. It, like it so it's like an introduction of of like more adult horror to my children. Uh, I it worked. Yeah. And that's not nothing. Yeah. I just I've never played Five Nights at Freddy's. Me neither. Because I think jump scares are the lowest form of scare or horror. Yeah. If, and if, that's all Five Nights at Freddy's, the game. I would say, if that's your entire uh, scare tactic, jump scares are 
cheap and boring. If you're a good director that knows how to use atmosphere and can put a really good jump scare in a movie, I'm all for it. Still bring up the Sixth Sense as one of the best ones ever. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, it, all it was is just ghost walking across the hall and I, yeah. I'm just making the the sounds. That, that's it. It's just one giant. <laughs> yeah. And I'm one of those guys like, you know, sudden noise will make me jolt. Yep. Every time. Like, I'll jolt. A lot of times. And again, if it if it's not connected to atmosphere, I'm just like, uh, okay, well, there's a lot of noise. Thanks. Me sneezing. Yeah, exactly. No, see, see, you're a master of that. You <laughs> lull us to do a false sense of security, and you scare the living fuck out of us. <laughs> All right. Paul got a question for Zach. Hey, Zach, what are we watching next week? I had a dumb joke, but it doesn't even make sense for the movie, I don't think. I'll still say it. I was going to say, as a man who loves ass, I'm looking forward to Splendor in the Grass. It's just, But I don't know if the movie has anything to do with ass. Anyway, um, you can watch that. I don't have where it's streaming because I was distracted. Let me look it up. Uh, well, Splendor. it's Natalie Wood and, Wood and Warren Beatty as two Ooh. high school sweethearts navigating feelings of sexual repression, love, and heartbreak. <laughs> oh, my. Okay. Well, it's on. You can rent it on Amazon, Google, Redbox, Vudu, or YouTube. I'm excited to watch it. Me too. It's Elia Kazan. Oh, my. Somebody brought him up on one of the podcasts I was watching the other day because they were talking about the, um, they were like the talent to, uh, the talent to douchebag ratios. Like they were like, and Elia Kazan is, is my, is my meter. <laughs> he sucks, but he's so good at making movies. Right. So you have to be as talented as Elia Kazan for me to be like, I can put up with how much this person sucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that, We'd like to thank Trav from our sister podcast, Living Up with Benjamin Banks, for producing our show. We'd like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme songs. We'd like to thank Megan and Jay Bell for the beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at OscarSupod and on Facebook, the OscarSupod Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a nice five star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. Almighty algorithm. <laughs> Please give us five stars, it'll really help us out ratings wise indeed so for jonathan and zach and all the pedo nepo babies we'd like for you all to have a damn fine day 